Welcome to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope this podcast encourages you, challenges you, and furthers your relationship with God in a whole new way. Enjoy this week's message. Praise God. Come on. Doing well out there? Yeah? Come on, anybody excited? Yeah. He's got a couple of people out there. Yes. He's he's still on the throne, right? Yeah. So that means God is doing something. He is doing something. That's right. That's right. So how many are enjoying the fast so far? Amen. Yeah, okay. We got some exciting people out there. People are excited out there. Amen. Enjoying the fast. I know uh, last week it was a little different. You know, I saw people walking in struggling. <laughs> like they're on their last leg. Oh, Lord, what did I sign up for? Amen. Come on, that's good. Getting a good cleansing. Yes. All right. So this is... So this week is this week coming is is important. So the first week we we kind of get cleansed, consecrate ourselves before the Lord. Then the second week we ask God for a plan. Now this week we ask Him how to execute that plan. Come on, the the Bible says that the Lord has plans for you, and they are good, right? So now it's time to ask Him for that for those plans, and and Lord, and to tell me how to execute those plans. Come on. God's going to speak to you. God's going to speak to you because he wants to. He wants you to be near him. Amen. He wants you to be near him for a reason so that he can talk to you. He can speak to you. He can tell you things that he's never told anyone else. Isn't that something? God can share with you things that he's never said to anyone else. That's the God that we serve. Yes, you. He's talking about you. Draw near to him. He will draw near to you. Hallelujah. Is anybody excited yes. this, in this place? Amen. And so we're going to continue with our series called The Waiting Room. The Waiting Room. Um, so I'm going to read from Genesis 17. Um, yeah, Genesis 17. We're going to start with uh, verse 1. If you can turn there. If you don't want feel like turning there, it should be on the screen. If you don't want to read the screen, just listen to me. If you don't want to listen to me, then we got problems. So Genesis 17, starting with verse 1, it says, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me. And be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you, and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. 
for I, I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall, shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and you and your descendants after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God, to, uh, to be God to you and your descendants after you. Also, I give to you and your descendants after you the, the land in, in which you are a stranger. Mm. All the land of Canaan as every lasting possession, and I will be their God. Let's skip down to verse uh, 15. Then God said to Abraham, as, as far as Sarah, your wife, you should not call her name Sarah, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. And then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations, kings of peoples. People shall be from her. Then Abram fell to his face and laughed. He said, really? And said to his heart, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? It's broke, God. It's broke. <laughs> and, he sh and shall Sarah, who is 99 years old, bear a child? And Abra Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Then God said, no, Sarah, your wife, shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. Shall call his name Isaac. So I'm going to talk to you today about how to walk in God's promises and wait for them. How to walk in God's promises and wait for them. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for you being our God, Lord, and we ask, Lord, that you bring forth your plans that you have for us, Lord God. Uh, some of us have been waiting and waiting and waiting, Lord God, for you to reveal what you have for us, Lord God. We believe this is the season that you reveal something to us. This is the season that we execute the plan that you have for us, God. So we thank you for it, Lord God. We know that the plans will be glorious, Lord God. It will bring glory to your name, Lord God. It will, it will bring forth fruit, Lord God. So we thank you, Lord, that the plans are great that you have for us, Lord God. Have your way in this place, Lord God. We thank you for your word today. We thank you for all that you're going to do today, Lord God. What an honor that you choose me to minister your word, Lord God, to, to be your vessel today, Lord God. So I give you my mind. Think with it. I give you my vocal cords. Speak through them, Lord God. We don't want regular church, Lord God. We want to see you move. We want to see your spirit manifest in this place, Lord God. Have your way in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody give them a shout. Yes. Yes, you may be seated in the house of the Lord. So I have a question for uh, someone. And you're at church, so you have to be honest, right? At least at church, be honest. How many here has mastered waiting? All right, so I can't, I just wanted to. I just want, because maybe God didn't call me to preach, because if you were raised your hand, I would have said, let's just trade places, because then you can teach us something. 
Amen? So waiting can be agonizing, right? Like you know God has said something to you, has promised you something, but you don't see it yet. So that can be agonizing. It seems as if you wait and you wait and you wait and you reread the scriptures that God, God knows the plans that he has for me and it's and it's good and this and it's like, okay, but you don't see the plans. You don't see it come into fruition yet. So you're waiting and waiting. Like waiting can be agonizing at times. Can we just be honest? How many here have been waiting for years for God to bring a promise to pass? Is any, am I, am I, am I okay? So maybe the rest of you need to get a, a, a promise from God and then he will put you in the waiting season. Right? And so, so it feels at times that we are trapped in a waiting room. It feels we are trapped in a, in a waiting room, right? And so I want to talk to us today about how to walk in God's promises and wait for them and wait for them. See, I don't want your waiting room to become a worry room because some of us just sit and we wait on God, but we're worrying the whole time. We worry and worry and think that God is going to bring the, his promises to pass through osmosis, just by us sitting here and just worrying and worrying and worrying. But what the Lord is saying to us, right, we wait, we walk in the promises now as we wait for them. So we walk in faith, amen? And so we walk, doesn't matter how hard things get, we continue to walk, to seek him, to, to serve him, to, to worship him. We do all those things as we wait. Yeah. Is anybody going with me this yeah. morning? So I don't want your waiting room to become a worry room. Because God has you in a waiting room for a reason. He's strengthening you. Because I don't know, my Bible says, and we sing songs about it, as we wait, we get a little stronger. As we wait, we get a little stronger. But the only way you get stronger if you work it out. You have to work out your faith. Amen? So that means you keep going. You don't just sit there and just physically wait on God to do something. We need to walk it out. Turn about and says we need to walk it out. So God has promised Abraham three things. He promised Abraham three things. Land, seed, and blessings. Land, seed, and blessings. See, land, he said, I will give you a land, this land that where you are, the land of Canaan, a promised land. Amen? Because God always want to dwell with us. He always wants to live with us. Yeah. Amen? So he given them a land so that way he can have a covenant with them, he can be close to them, and God, and God can use them, use him and his descendants in the land. God always wants to, to live with us. Amen? 
God always wants to serve with us. So when God gives Calvary life a land, it's because he wants to dwell with us. He wants to serve with us. Amen. He wants us to be a part of his ultimate plan for this community. Amen. Amen. So land and seed, he, he says, I'm going to make nations through you. I'm going to multiply you. You're, you're going to be a father of many nations. Amen. And then blessings, blessings upon blessings. He said, I'm going to bless you so that way you can be a blessing. He promised them three, three things. And most of what God promised, Abraham wasn't alive to see it. But we are. Amen. So God did bless him, right? But he didn't see all the blessings, right? So, so here, so but Abraham had to wait and wait for the blessing. And so we love Abraham. Abraham, he's a man of faith. But we have to keep it real. Abraham didn't do everything right. So we want to talk about how we don't wait well. But then, as I talk about, we're going to give you three ways we don't wait well. And each of them, I'm going to give you a, a, a way to walk and wait at the same time. All right? We're we good? So, how, so one way we don't wait well is when you deviate from God's plan. And so Genesis uh, 12, I'm not going to read it because Pastor Steve stole my text last week. He actually stole a lot of my points. You know, we were laughing about it the other day. It was like, dude, I was, I was sitting there. I was hoping you didn't go. And as soon as you mentioned Genesis 12, I was like, no, don't go there. Don't talk about it. And he did anyway. Like, he, he should have, he, he missed the, the cue there. And he, just, and he went in, too, boy. It was, a, it was a great text. So it starts off talking about how God first called a Abraham. Um, you know, he first called him, and then, and then um, he, so, he, he, he blessed them. He told them to, he, to leave, leave, leave your um, family. Get rid of them. Go, leave, and leave your father's house and go to a place where I will show you, to a land where I will show you. Then Abraham went to the land of Canaan. He said, this is the place where um, I'm going to dwell, you're going to dwell, and I'm going to dwell with you. This is the place, this is the land I'm going to give you and your descendants. It was the land of Canaan, right? So then all of a sudden, uh, there was a famine in the land, and Abraham decided to go to Egypt because there was a famine in the land. You guys remember that last week for those that were, that were here last week? Right? So he, de he decided to deviate from God's plan. God told him, this is, this is the land where I, where I have what I have for you. And because there was a famine in the land, Abraham went to Egypt, but God never told him to go to Egypt. Amen. Do you know God does his best work in a famine? God does his best work in, this, in, in the famine. See, if you have faith in him, God can still use you in the midst of lack. Because when you serve God, amen, you would never be without. I mean, ask the prophet Elijah, 
I mean, you can't ask him because he's dead now, but if you read about his life, right? So when he was under attack and there was a famine in the land because he prophesied that it was a drought, he was running from his life because they didn't like the message, right? So he ran for his life and then he was, he was, he was in a drought, he was, he was starving, and there were birds that came and, and fed him. Amen? So when God has a plan for your life, it doesn't matter what the season looks like. It doesn't matter what's, what's going on. He will always provide for you. Because God is all about his message. When he gives you a, a plan, it's a message behind it. Amen? He's going to bring forth that message. Amen? He's going to bring forth that word. It will not return to him void. Amen? So do not deviate from, from God's, God's plan. Amen? And some, sometimes we get so discouraged because you may think about Abraham for a second, right? He was 75 years old when he first got called by God. 75. He was just like, yes, this is my time. God's calling me, right, to something great. I mean, he spoke these great things about me. He packed up his family. He went into this place that God told him to go to. Then all of a sudden, it was a famine. It's like, what in the world is happening? This is supposed to be a blessing, but now it seems like a curse. Like, did I not hear from God? Like, I know he just spoke to me, but, I mean, did he get a mistake? Did I, I mean, it's supposed to be a different place? So he decided to go to Egypt, and he actually put his marriage in jeopardy. I mean, he told his wife to lie to the, to the, to the king, amen, to say that she was his sister. I mean, that's not real good marriage counseling or real approach to marriage. I mean, think about this. It's kind of a thing with, with these two, right? It's like, so he told his wife to, to lie to say that you're my sister, not my wife, right? Knowing that the king is going to take her in as his wife. So that's not really good for marriage. Amen? And so three things about waiting. It's something you need to know about waiting. You must have patience. You must understand if there's a process and you must have the right perspective. So you must have the patience to wait. You must understand the process of waiting and you must have the perspective about waiting. See, patience, the bridge between where you are and where God what God has promised you is built on faith and patience. Faith and patience. That is the bridge. Amen. So you must have both. So you must walk by faith and you must be patient as you wait for God. Amen. Amen. So the process, the process is the steps God uses to prepare you for the promise. And you must understand there is a process and your faith will be tested during the process. But th these are the moments where God strengthens us. It's the process is the mo moments that God strengthens us, right? He takes us through the test to test our faith. Amen. James said it, our, our faith will be tested. 
But, it, it, but if, if we pass the test, it will produce what? Perseverance. So that makes you stronger. The test is the thing that makes you stronger. Right. So when God calls you to a place, but it seems dry, he, he gave you this great, great uh, um, promise. And all of a sudden he sends you to a place and the place is dried up. It's not what you thought it was going to be. Amen. He's testing your, your faith. Do you believe what he said? Wow. Then it's pers perspective. It's the perspective. You have to have the right, we just heard it in worship, you have to have the right mindset in your waiting room. If not, your waiting room will become a worry room because you don't have the right perspective. You don't have the right mindset that, you, you, you know what? God is developing me for the promise. God is developing me for the promise. God didn't set you up to fail. He's setting you up to win. Well, I want to speak to some people here this morning because you might be discouraged. You've been waiting for a long time for a promise to come to pass. You feel like this is a new season, but all you, when you look around, right, all you're seeing is a drought. God is saying that I'm setting you up to win. You'll never lose when your life is in God's hands. You'll never lose. You'll never lose. So somebody need to be encouraged this morning. You have to have the right mindset in your waiting room, the right perspective. If not, your waiting room will become a worry room. And all you do is worry. God will not bring the promise to pass in worry. He uses faith. Oh, man. Because I, I don't, I'm going to keep going on that one because I got certain looks that people don't, I mean, I'm just saying. So you have to have the right mindset. So you have to remember a voice of opposition will always come while you wait. It will always come while you wait. Amen. So you remember the, in, in the Bible when, uh, about the 12 spies when, when God told Moses to send out 12 spies to uh, spy out the land that he gave him. Just, he said, just go see it. See, see what I'm blessing you with. See what I'm giving you. Send out, send, he sent out 12 spies, and we know that two came with a good report. They came back, they, they were, they were See, they had the right perspective. Amen, they had the right perspective. But there were 10, 10, 10 of them who came back with a negative report. So that negative report, right, was, was, was fear-based. And fear spread throughout the camp. And they did not enter in the promised land. So 10 people, 10 people discouraged thousands of people in their destiny. Stop thousands of people from entering in their destiny because of fear. Fear can spread. Fear can be contagious. Amen. Amen. Fear stops us from moving forward. Yeah. Amen. So we believe at times that God has a plan for us, but when God puts us in a waiting process, it's as if we forget. As if we forget. So we, we see, sit in our seat of discouragement, or sit in our seat of worry, but never walk in God's promises. Never walk in God's promises. Are you with me? Yeah. And so how to wait, how to walk and wait. 
Well, you walk by faith. You walk by faith. You have to remember what God promised you and believe that he is a promise keeper. He is the promise keeper. Amen. See, the opposite of faith is not so much doubt. It's the reliance on sight. It's the reliance of sight. See, when we allow what we see to determine how things will be, we leave no room for faith to take action. Right? So we're allowing what we see to determine how the way things are. We leave no room, no room for faith to take root or to take action in our lives. Amen? God is about action. God is about action. He doesn't want you to sit in your waiting room and worry and sit and wait and think as that the promises are going to come to pass by you doing nothing. God wants us to walk, to walk by faith, constantly walk by faith, remembering what he said, right? To walk by faith, remembering what, what he said, what he's going to do, uh, what, what he said he's going to do in your life. And to, he wants your, your faith to be strengthened. Amen. Knowing you keep walking, knowing that he is with you. He is for you. He is not against you. Amen. Amen. So to continue to walk, continue to serve him, continue to worship him. Amen. God wants us to walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Don't go by what you see. Go by what he said. You see with your heart. See, God has a vision for this church. I can see it. I can see it because it's in my heart. It's in my heart. Amen. So as long as I keep feeding that with the word, long as I keep feeding that in prayer, amen, I will always see it and I will always walk in it. Amen. Because you will follow your heart. You will follow what's in your heart. Come on, somebody better walk by faith. Remember what God told you. Don't, let, don't deviate from his plan. Amen. Don't deviate from his plan. Amen. If God said it, he's going to do that thing right where you are. He's going to do it right where you are. I don't care how dry it looks. I don't care what, 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 how much it's not there or, or what's there. God is going to use you where you are. He's going to bring forth that plan where you are. Amen? Come on, that, just, that deserved you. I need to give you a moment to praise God because it's talking about you. It's talking about you. Don't deviate from his plan. Come on, we need to learn how to walk and wait. Walk in God's promises and wait for him. Hallelujah. So this is how we walk, walk by faith. So you pursue God and you sow where you are. You pursue God and sow, sow where you are. Amen? So pursue God. So just listen to this. You write this down. You can... After this, you can tune me out for the rest of the service. As a matter of fact, if you got to go, you, you can go after, after this, as long as you leave with this. This, is, this part is important. You ready? So when, so when waiting, you have to remember this. God is more interested in you 
pursuing him more than what you're waiting for him to do. You want me to repeat it? So God, so while you're waiting on God, you have to remember this. God is more interested in you pursuing him more than what you're waiting for him to do. See, it's all about a connection. This should be liberating for you because this takes off a lot of pressure. Amen? Because sometimes, sometimes we worship the promise and not the promiser. So then our promise becomes an idol. So if you pursue God more than you pursue the promise, amen, there will always be a balance in your life. Because once you have God, you will have his promises. Come on, somebody. Somebody need to continue to pursue God. God is about a connection with us. Amen? Amen? And so he wants us to constantly pursue him. That's what it's all about. So when he promised Abraham this land, it wasn't just so he could just kick back and enjoy life. It was all about, right, communing with God. It's all about a connection with God, a forever covenant with the Lord. Amen? So whenever God's doing something in your life, it's all about establishing a covenant between you and him. It's not just about the promise. See, we get it all wrong. We worship what's in God's hand instead of what's in his heart. So we got to get to a place where we say, God, if nothing else happens, if you give me nothing else, I am going to worship you because you are enough. Because you are enough. Amen. But we always, when we pray, we're always asking God for what's in his hand. And never ask him for his heart. Because that's what he's doing to you. He is asking you for your heart. Because he knows if he has your heart, he has everything. He has all of you. Amen? Come on, we have to pursue him. He, that's, he's more interested in us pursuing him more than what you are waiting for him to do. And then you sow where you are. So where you are. This is prophetic. Amen? And so you know what God's promised you, right? It doesn't matter what it looks like. You sow in it. Amen? I prove it to you. Genesis 26, 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land, in that land. What land? That land. The land of Canaan. The, what God promised Abraham. Remember? The, see, how, how prophetic that is, it was passed down to his son, Isaac. Amen? So he says, that land, that land which was still in a famine, that land, he says, Isaac sowed in that land, in that land where God called him to be, in that land. What is your land? He says, he reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. The Lord blessed him. Amen? So he sowed into the promise. He sowed into the promise. Amen? So we can sow into what God's calling us to do or what God's promised us. Amen? You can sow it in your resource, by resources, your, your time. Amen? Amen? The way you pray. Amen? Speak those things that are not as though they were. That means you have to walk in it before you receive it. 
Oh, my gosh. God's not going to give it to you, amen, if there's no faith. Because if he gave it to you now, you will not sustain it. All right, let's go to the second one. So another way we don't wait well is when you don't align yourself with the promise. When you don't align yourself with the promise. Scriptures, Genesis 13, my iPad is failing me. Don't fail me now. It froze. We got the scripture up here. Technology. Technology. So Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of the Lord. Like the land of Egypt as, as you go towards Zor. Uh, then Lot chose himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan, and, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom, I think we could. But the but the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. Um, we skip down to yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And then the Lord said to Abram, after Lot was separated from him, "Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you." And your descendants forever. This part's important. And I will make your descendants as far as dust of the earth, so that that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Not this one, the next one. Yeah, this one I like. So arise, arise, he says. Walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give to you. For I give to you. Powerful, powerful. Powerful, Lord have mercy. Um, so we must align ourselves with the promise. So here's Lot. So I am convinced. I don't know how you interpret this. I am convinced um, that Abraham was not supposed to bring Lot with him. I mean, if you go back in Genesis 12, God said that leave your family. Leave your family. Get out of your father's house. Uh, you know, so I don't, I'm convinced that the Abraham wasn't supposed to bring Lot with him. I mean, Lot, Lot was a lot to deal with. I mean, he, he was. He was. I mean, uh, um, his, his name means, he, in Hebrew, means Baal. <laughs> it means Baal. I don't know if you want to hang out with people whose name means Baal. <laughs> Because you kind of don't know who you're dealing with. It means veil. It means hidden. Amen. So I don't know if you really want to trust people who always come around you with a veil on their face. But sooner or later, they will reveal who they really are. And that's what Lot did, right? Once he got success from his uncle, right, who mentored him for years, he got, he got wealthy. Then all of a sudden, he was acting funny. I mean, let's just keep, keep it real when we read the Bible, right? He started to act funny. 
right? He, he got all, he, he, was, he was a rich man. All of a sudden, him, he, he and his uncle, they were having a confrontation. And so Abraham wasn't about that, that confrontation. He's like, listen, man, let's just keep the peace. Uh, just choose, you, you choose your land. You go your way. I, I, go, I go my way. So then Lot chose, right? He, so he, he chose the, um, a, 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 a spot where he pitched his tent towards Sodom and Gomorrah. So originally, it looked good before God destroyed it. It, it looked really good. Amen. So this is sometimes we go by what, what we see. Amen. And so he pitched his tent by Sodom and Gomorrah. So he was near it. He actually was not in Sodom and, Sodom and Gomorrah. He was in the suburbs. But the closer you are to something, you will eventually be there. Or you will be that something. <laughs> so he pitched his tent near Sodom and Gomorrah. Amen. He pitched his tent near Sodom and Gomorrah. So the way I like to look at it, he pitched his tent uh, away from the things of God. He pitched his tent away from the things of God. So that means the things of God were no longer feeding him. So where, where, he, where he pitched his life, or where he, he um, uh, fixed his life, where, or where he pointed his life towards was the thing that was influencing him. Right? Because what, what, so what you near, right, will will draw near to you. <laughs> what you are near, you will become. So he was, he was away from the things of the Lord. So all those years when he was with his uncle, right, right, he was being fed the, the things of God. And I know that's a little questionable sometimes because we don't know how saved Abraham really was at first, right? But, you know, but he actually did some godly things, amen? And so, but... But, but Lot decided to pitch his tent toward Sodom and Gomorrah and away from the things of God. See, we have to understand that we are a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. So it's our spirit who, that changes. It's our spirit that gets renewed when we receive salvation. Amen. So, and it's important that we continue to feed the spirit, because if we can continue to feed the spirit, the spirit will, will rule the soul and the body. So the soul, we know, is made up of all of our emotions, right? And so if, if we don't continue to feed the spirit, our emotions will take over. Uh, are you with me? So when we are aligned with God, our spirit rules our soul and body. The aligned person has a strong spirit, which is attained by feeding on the word of God. And so where you pitch your tent is where you get fed. Amen? So a person who is aligned with the Lord, the emotions are stable and it's at peace. So if I continue to feed my spirit, that means I will be stable. Yeah. 
My emotions will be stable. Have you ever met an unstable person? Their emotions are so unstable. And they, and they said they are Christians. They are, they are Christians. Well, it's, it's because they're not feeding their spirit man. It's the spirit man that, that will rule everything else. Amen? God, it's our spirit man that we, we need to continue to feed. Amen. So I so Christians pitch their tents towards Sodom when when their decisions are based on the, their flesh and not the spirit. Mm. They pitch their tent towards Sodom when their when when their life is based on the world and not the Bible. Right. So look at look what happened to Lot when he made made those decisions. At first he was in the suburbs of Sodom and Gomorrah, then he wind up being in Sodom and Gomorrah, and he took his whole family with him, right? And so they all, they all, his family almost died. As a matter of fact, his wife did. And his, and his daughters, some crazy happened to his daughters. They were in a cave, and then they, they got their father drunk, and then they, then they both slept with him. That's just nasty. I, I, I hate to even... Even bring that up, that's just nasty. Right? And so they, they took on the spirit of Sodom and Gomorrah. They took on the spirit of Sodom and Gomorrah. Why? It all started, right, when they turned, when they pitched their tent away from the things of God. Is anybody with me? So it's important that we align ourselves with with the word of God. We are aligning ourselves with the promises of, of God. It's, it's so important. It's so important. I mean, look, so, so, Sod, so Lot was responsible of his family being affected by his decisions. Affected by where he, where his decisions. So Luke 17 says, so we remember, so you remember his, his, his wife who, who died when they got released from Sodom and, and Gomorrah, the angel had told them not to look back, not to look back, right? Um, so she looked back and then she died. She turned into ashes. See, she, she got too attached to that world. So she, she, thought, the, uh, uh, she thought of the things in the city uh, more important than the uh, commandments of God. Yeah. Mm, the commandments of God. So Luke 17. Luke 17, uh, 31 to 32. In that day, he was in... In the housetop, in his people, in his goods. Oh, in that day he was in the housetop, and his his goods are in the house. Let him not come down to take them away. And likewise, the one who is who is in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Let him not turn back. Remember 
Lot's wife. And so, and so Lot, and so his, his wife got so attached to um, that, that world, amen, and she, 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 got, she died. So I believe there are some of us who have pitched our tent to the, to the past. And right, we keep looking back. God's trying to uh, move us forward, but we keep looking back. We got one foot in the past, and we got one, one foot in the, in the future. It's hard for God to do. God will not do the things that he wants to do in our life, right, because we still got the one foot in, the, in, in our past. Amen? And so God, I believe God is telling someone here today, turn around. Turn around. Because we, we, we are looking at our past and, 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 and hoping for a better future, but we won't turn around. We won't turn around and align ourselves with the things of God. Turn around and align ourselves with the thing, things of God. Are you with me? Come on. God, God is good. God wants you to align yourself what, he, what he's calling you to do. Amen? Hallelujah. So walk in alignment. Aligning with God means we are working together with God in order to pursue his call and purpose in our lives. His call and purpose in our lives. So I love, I love this. Abraham pitched his tent toward the promise and God spoke to him and God spoke to him. So remember the verse where God told Abraham that this was the land he told him to walk in the land? So God told Abraham to walk in the land before he gave him the land. So he, God wanted Abraham to align his heart to what God has promised him. So that means he needed to get a heart for the land before he can serve the land or before he can receive the land. So wherever God has you, he wants you to align yourself with the promise so that way he can give you a heart for the promise. He can give you a heart for where you are. I mean, he gave you that job for a reason. Stop asking God for another one and ask him to use you where you are. See, he wants you to first get a heart for the job, the heart for the position, because there are some people that he wants you to minister to. Amen. Amen. So God wants you to get a heart for where, where you are. So we must align ourselves with the things of God. We must align ourselves with what God is calling you to do. So alignment comes before assignment. Alignment comes before assignment. We must align ourselves with the word of God. We must align ourselves with what he's saying in, in, in our lives. Amen. We must develop a heart for us. Amen. Then he can trust us with the assignment. Oh, if I only had a couple more people that would, would go with me on this. Amen. So alignment before assignment. Amen. So Abraham had to get a heart for the city. Okay, so the next one, another way we don't, we don't uh, wait well. When you try bringing the promise, the past,
ask yourself. Hmm. When you try bringing the promise to pass yourself. Hallelujah. And so, let's go to Genesis uh, 16. Verse 1. Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please, go in, go to my maid, perhaps. I shall obtain, uh, obtain children by her. And Abram needed, heeded the, the voice to, to Sarai. You really want me to do that? All right, so this has been a theme with these two. So then Sarai, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, her maid, an Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. And after Abram had dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan, she went to Hagar and she, she conceived. And, and when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her, despised in her eyes. Go down to verse 15. So. So Hagar bore Abram a son, named his son, uh, named his son whom Hagar bore Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. Abram. Amen. So, so here, God has already told Abraham that he will have a son but his son will be Isaac. Um, but Abraham couldn't wait, he and Sarah couldn't wait for God's, God's promise, so they decided to take matters into their own hands. So they decided to control the promises, the promise of God. And so, so, they, so she just gave, she just pimped her husband and gave her to the, the, the maid, it's like, I mean, this church, right? I mean, we can, it's all right, we can say that, right? Um, so, you know, so it's, they wanted to rush the process. They wanted to rush the process. It's like, okay, God, like, we old. Like, is this thing going to happen now? Or, I mean, I, I don't know how this is going to happen, but we need, to, we need to do something now. So she was just like, Abraham, you need to go do something. Like, I can't have children, so you need to... So let's just take matters in our, in our own hands and, and, and bring, let's help God out. Because a lot of, come on, somebody, so a lot of times we do that, right? We like to help God out. Right? Like, I, God, I know what you said, but I'm excited about it, and I'm committed to it, right? But let, you might be too busy, so let me help you out a little bit. Right? Let me help, help you out, right? Let me be your assistant. Let me bring this thing to, to pass. And that's kind of what they did. Amen. But I'm here to tell you, don't settle for Ishmael when your Isaac is on the way. Wow. Wow. Don't settle. Don't settle. They settled for Ishmael, but they were promised Isaac. Amen. See, Ishmael came into this world, right, by natural means. Isaac came into the world by supernatural event. It was a type of Christ. Isaac, it was a type of Christ. 
the only were born through God, the spirit of God. Amen. So it's something supernatural God wants you to give birth to. Amen. It's not going to be controlled by natural means. It's not going to be birthed through natural means. It's going to be a supernatural e experience in your life. Amen. So don't settle for Ishmael when your Isaac is on the way. You need to wait for your Isaac. You need to wait for your Isaac. It's coming. Maybe it's taking a little while, amen, but God's developing your Isaac, amen. He's giving you the spirit that's within you to connect you to the promise, amen, amen. Don't settle. We have too many Christians these days settling, selling for less than what God has for them. Wow. See, Ishmael, and Ishmael is something we settle in place of the promise we get tired of waiting for. Amen? So we take God's word and we put our own framework around it and we call it Isaac when it's really Ishmael. Amen? It's not Isaac, it's Ishmael. Some of us, right, we get tired of God promised us, a made God promised us, right, that we were going to be with someone and we're going to have this awesome call together, right? And then we settle for the first person we meet. And we try to make that person Isaac, but that person wind up being Ishmael. Because God didn't tell you that was the person. But you say, oh, God promised me someone, and we rush to get married, and then we get stuck with Ishmael, right, and try to call it Isaac. Oh, he's, he's all right. He's just that way. Don't, don't worry about it. I know he's mean. I know he does this to me, does that to me. Don't worry about it. It's, it's, it's really Isaac. I know he acts like Ishmael sometime, but it's really Isaac. No! It's Ishmael. It's Ishmael. It's not Isaac. Anything that you try to control, if God's promised you something, if you try to control it, amen, if you try to bring it to pass yourself, it's Ishmael, not Isaac. Because you cannot do it. It's God wants, God loves you that much, he's going to do something supernatural in your life. Something that you're, you can't even bring to pass. Amen? You can, I don't care how much wealth you have. I don't care how much power you think you have. I don't care how much knowledge you think you have. You can't think like God. Your thoughts are not his thoughts. Amen? Your ways are not his ways. You can't do what he do. He is God all by himself. Amen? So he has a plan. And if he chooses you to be a part of that plan, guess what? Amen? He's going to, he's going to do something supernatural. Amen? Something that you're not going to take credit for. You can't take credit for. Amen? Amen? So stop trying to create Ishmael's, then call him Isaac. They're not Isaac, it's Ishmael. Hallelujah. So sometimes God uses waiting to expose and remove the Ishmaels in our lives. Look at, look at, uh, just real quick, we got we to gotta go real quick. Genesis 21. Genesis 21, verse 9, and Sarah saw the son Hagar and the Egyptians whom she had, she had borne to Abram, scoffing. Therefore, she said to Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely Isaac. 
and, uh, and, the, and the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's sight because of his son. But God said to Abraham, do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad or, or because of your bondwoman. Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice. For in Isaac, for in Isaac, for in Isaac, your seed shall be called. Yet, yet I will also make a nation in the son of the bondwoman because of his, he is your seed. He is, he is your seed. Amen. And so here God was exposing the, the Ishmael. God loved Ish, Ishmael. He blessed, he blessed he, he, him and his, his, his mother. Uh, but but his, uh, Sarah was saying to Abraham, Ishmael must go. Ishmael must go because the promise is going to come uh, through Isaac and not Ishmael. Isaac and not Ishmael, right? So God is going to expose anything we are trying to control and make happen ourselves. God will override natural laws to bring the promise to pass. Amen? So how do we walk and wait in this sense? As we walk in self-control. We walk in self-control. We wait. That's how you wait for the promise. Like, we have to learn to control ourselves. I don't know that's, I don't know that's hard to do, but as we uh, submit ourselves to, to God on a constant basis, right, we're able to walk in self-control. Walk in self-control. And Proverbs 25, 28 says, whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. Uh, some verses it says self-control. So this is a contrast between two enemies. So fighting, so so a city with no walls. So you can either fight the enemy outside of your walls, or you can fight the enemy inside your walls. So a lot of us are fighting enemies inside our walls, and the 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 the, the strongest enemy, the enemy with the most influence in our lives, is us. Is us. Is us. Is us. Having self-control puts a healthy wall around our hearts. Amen? And so here's what the Lord is saying. This is how we walk in God's promises and wait for them. As we walk in faith, we walk in alignment, and we walk in self-control. Amen? So I love... So I love, I love this, how God had told a Abraham later on, uh, and Pastor John is going to talk a little bit more, in, in, in a little more deeper with this, but God had told Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. And I noticed that, and I was saying to myself, Isaac we sacrifice, but the Ishmael we get rid of. Isaac, we said, so the promises that God gives us, 
He sacrificed it. But any Ishmael's that we've created or anything we try to control ourselves, we get rid of. So the Isaac we sacrifice and the Ishmael must go. And it's a great altar call. I can just have you stand. And so I believe, I know this, that God has plans for your life. He says it, it's biblical. He says it. We don't always, you know, have to guess or ask if he's talking about us. Yes, it's, it's all of us. It's all of us. But God doesn't want us to worship the promise. He wants us to worship the promiser. This is why we sacrifice the promise. We sacrifice the promise. So it's a great altar call because you can just come to the altar today. If I could just have prayer team come up, we could, you come to the altar today and bring your Isaac with you, but also bring your Ishmael's. Because we're going to get rid of the Ishmael's today, but I want you to sacrifice your Isaac today. I don't know what God's calling you to, to do or what he has promised. I know some of you has been waiting and waiting and waiting for a long time for God to bring something to pass. Oh, I don't want you to leave here today without us praying for you. Without us praying for you. We sacrifice. We're giving it back. We give it back to God. So whatever God's promised you, give it back to him today. Just say, I'm getting rid of all the Ishmael's in my life. I am no longer in control of what God's telling me to do. I'm no longer in control. Let God be God. My hands are now off of it. Because it's not going to be born through Ishmael. It's going to be born through Isaac. It's going to be born through what you sacrifice. The promise that you sacrifice. So I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to leave the altars open today. I'm, I'm hope you received this word today. I hope something you, you got today was helpful um, that you can take with you and to prayer and to meditate on. But just let me just pray for you. Father, I thank you for this word today, Lord. Uh, I pray for each person here today that you just, just, Show yourself, reveal yourself to them in their hearts. Know that you know, I pray that they know that you are with them. And no matter how long they wait or how long they've been waiting, you, you're going to bring it to pass, whatever that is. I pray that you will strengthen them, Lord God. That's what you do when, when we're waiting, Lord God. I pray that they don't turn, don't allow them to turn their waiting room into a worry room. Oh, Lord, I, I know it's going to be great. It's worth the wait. It's worth the wait. 
I see how you're developing people now. I see how you're preparing them now. Thank you, God, that you're speaking to hearts right now. Right now. Thank you, God. I pray that you will speak to them in their waiting room. This will be the week that you give them a plan and give them a plan how to execute it. Thank you, God. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, hallelujah. And so the altars are open. If you have to leave, you can do so as well. Just ask you to leave quietly um, as people are receiving some prayer this morning. Amen. Be blessed. Thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. If what you heard today impacted you, be sure to tell us about it. You can rate and subscribe to this podcast or contact us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram or our website, calvarylifedfw.com. Thank you so much and have a great week.